Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fully Booked, the Hidden Gems author podcast, in which Craig Touch and myself, Roland Hume, chat to some of the interesting figures and leading lights of this crazy business we're in of self-publishing and writing. And today we are here to settle an age-old debate, a debate that's possibly as old as people have been writing stories and, and telling stories itself. And we have two special guests to help us out with this. It's going to be a death match between the two of them. We have... Bethany Maines, who is a novelist, a graphic designer, who writes romantic adventures about things that go horribly, horribly wrong sometimes. So we are delighted to have you, Bethany. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I have tea. I have sunshine. I'm good. Well, your cup says arsenic, so hopefully it's, hopefully it's not that. <laughs> and then, of course, we have Danielle Stewart, who is here to uh, bat for the opposing side. She is a very prolific novelist with 50 published works, and she <laughs> writes the whole range of things. The great gamut from romantic suspense to billionaire romances. And we are very happy to have you as well, Danielle. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me. I have zero sunshine. I have pouring <laughs> rain here. <laughs> And of course, we wouldn't be here without the man himself, the owner and founder of Hidden Gems and an author himself, Craig Touch. How are you doing today, Craig? Doing great, Roland. Thanks. And thank you, Bethany and Danielle, for, for joining us today. We um, we want to talk about Panzer versus Plotter. And, and of course, uh, you know, this is all in good fun, but, it, you know, as a way of giving people the uh, both sides of, of the debate um, of and it's a personal choice. Some writers write plotters, some write pants. There's no right or wrong. But for fun, we're going to sort of have a little bit of a throwdown here. You guys can talk about it because you're you're both firmly in one side or the other. Bethany is a pan, uh, is a uh, plotter. Danielle is a pantser. Um, personally, I'm more of a plotter. Roland's more of a pantser. So we're kind of like, you know, evened it out on that as well. Uh and, you know, we just want to get the idea of why it is that you have gone this route. Presumably, you've likely tried the other way. Um, and so you've you've come to the conclusion that one is more of a fit for you. And that's going to be the case with, with most authors. They're, 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 you might try them both out. They might find that one's a better fit than the other. This hopefully will give them some ideas of the pros and cons uh, of the two. So why don't we start with my side, uh, the <laughs> plotter side. So Bethany, why don't you, uh, you know, quickly tell us maybe a little bit about yourself, how you, why you've become a plotter, why you think it's great. And then we'll go over to uh, Danielle for the opposing view. So I published my first uh, book with Atria, which is a Simon & Schuster imprint. And at some point my agent uh, said, uh, you know, maybe you should uh, look at plotting, which is a super polite way of saying, yeah, this would go a lot faster if you knew what you were doing, um, which uh, is really like, awesome. like my knee jerk reaction is, yeah, well, uh, screw you. But but that being said, I did go back and, and check and do more research and learning about the subject. I made it through that book. I made it through other books with informed knowledge. But what really kicked me into the plotting camp as it were is the fact that I had a kid and I, I don't know if any of you have children but the the net result is that you have this amount of time which is which is zero and and if you want to get things done and if you want to get your book done on deadline then maybe you should consider plotting I can That's definitely I, that definitely resonates with me <laughs> yeah yeah for sure I have uh, a couple of kids as well and um it's very difficult to uh, to sit down and have some time to write, never mind then having to be like, okay, now what am I going to write about? I'd rather have it all planned out. And I look at 
my list and I'm like, okay, this is, well, this, is I this is a specifically female reason, I suppose, but I could write while I was pumping. Um, yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Danielle's like, yes, yes. So, Multitasking. But, yes. But in the morning, I am not a morning person. This is genetic. It goes far, far back in my lineage, as it were. But I, I'm not a morning person. And if you tell me what to write at 6 a.m., I can write it. But if I have to come up with it myself, I'm out of luck. So that's that's how I landed on, on plotting. Right. Okay. So that's a good start. Uh, Danielle, what about you? So, you? so pantsing, just in case people aren't aware, pantsing is the idea of just writing without a plot, writing without a plan, just sitting down and typing and, you know, may, you know, there's varying degrees. Some people might have a rough idea. Others might have really no idea. Maybe they look at a, at a prompt and, and get going from there. But uh, the idea is that you are just writing by the seat of your pants, which is why they have the weirdly named pantser. As the, right. <laughs> and strangely, my reasons are almost exactly the same. So for me, having a family and the idea of multitasking and having to work my career around everything else that exists made this process so much better for me because during the feedings and the pumpings and the carpool, that's when my mind is creating the next chapter. So I don't have a spreadsheet and I don't always know what's going to happen beyond what I'm writing that day. But in my mind, I am doing an enormous amount of daydreaming, thinking, working, creating, uh, listening to a podcast, and then watching a show, and then what resonates with me, and then reading a book that night. So I don't consider myself a plotter because my process when I start a book is to have a general idea of just the twist, just the, the moment in the book that I want the reader to sit up and go, oh my gosh, um, I can't believe this happened or that happened. And because I write a lot of suspense and crime, it's usually based on something around that. But that's all I know when I sit down at the computer. And then in those moments when I'm multitasking and I'm running off to Target or carpooling, my mind is just being creative. And that's why I am so passionate about this style versus plotting because I have shocked myself thousands of times about what my character I don't know what my characters are going to do and then they do something as I literally sentence to sentence I have been shocked that a character has said something done something ended up somewhere it's like it's like a surprise for me too so that's why I love this side of the argument just because my brain works that way and so I think we get there for the same reason because we have to just make it work in whatever schedule we have and it's loud and it's crazy but man when I'm folding that batch of laundry like I am plotting a death and 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 doing something in my brain but it's not on a spreadsheet then I sit down and I just I go home let's kill that person like this and and I, I love the shock in it for me when even I'm surprised by what happens. So that resonates a lot with me. I have to admit, I do some of my best plotting when I'm cooking dinner and doing the washing up. I put some music on and I'm listening to that and I'm thinking the plot. And then when it comes to the writing part, you're just downloading it. It's like, you think, right. okay, I'm going to plot 2000 words ahead. And then when you're doing it, you're just downloading it. But you're right. Your characters, you know what your characters are meant to do, but they kind of, they're, they're characters. I, it's so weird how you write something and you're like, where, where the hell did this come from? Yes. It's like you tune into a radio frequency and you're writing as fast as you can just to write down what the radio frequency is saying. And then afterwards, you're just like, where did it come from? Right. 
And I like that I'm not boxed into, okay, by chapter five, pacing wise, they've got to have, you know, discovered this puzzle piece in the story or the romantic climax has to be around here. I mean, sometimes it just naturally ends up earlier or later because of those weird moments of like, oh man, what if he just came in and did this? And and I don't feel locked into anything. It's really um, very just osmosis. Sometimes it just happens. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's almost like uh, to me there there is some planning going on there in the sense that you're sort of planning while you're doing all your other tasks, right? So it's not exactly you know sitting down and just bum bum bum. Although I'm sure there's an element of that as well. But um, you know, I I I think that probably a lot of us, most of us, even us plotters, are doing that as well. We're sort of thinking about the stuff, although ours maybe is more directed. We're like, okay, next chapter, I'm doing this, and I should, and then I start to think about the details of it. Hey, I guess it depends on how much of a plotter you are. If you're, if you're plotting, you know, just chapter ideas, or if you're plotting, you know, scene by scene, um, you know, various things like that. But how detailed of a plotter are you, Bethany? Do you plot you know, I do chapter. have a spreadsheet yeah. um, to, to Danielle's horror. Um, <laughs> trust me, it's not my only one. But I don't, I don't plot per my spreadsheet. I'm a graphic designer. What works for me is I actually get a giant roll of butcher paper, tape it to the wall, and then I use post-it notes um, of different colors for different characters, uh, so that I move them around as per my plot. However, that being said, I know what you guys are talking about. I like my very first villain, I realized was a villain in the middle of a jog. And I literally stopped in front of a church and let out a swear word. <laughs> Sorry, church. Um, but I, but no, that joy of, of discovering that you've, your, your character has gone, gone left while you were going right. And I don't, as a plotter, I'm not telling you to stop doing that. That is like not my, my mode. When I did settle down to learn about plotting, I found that the most expedient way to do it is actually to watch movies. Um, you're going to get an insight into a genre's uh, expectations, and you're going to be able to do it fast. You can watch two movies in a week, two, three movies. And for me, it's one movie a week, okay, now? But, like, back when I was single, you could watch a lot of movies in a weekend, and you can get a really good um, idea of where the timing is. And that's what I was looking for. Character motivation, setting, all of those things, they come to my head. I'm not confused on how to get that but if you're looking at a book it's really hard to pull to get the pullback shot of where things are landing and Danielle I know you you just said no I don't want to know where things are landing I do right like I want to meet my expectations of of my reader because that's I mean the that is like the basic gist if I'm writing a story for a reader the reader is my client and I want to give them what they want in a new and surprising way and I I think that I can do that but I can only do that if I know I'm meeting my mark, right? Like I move my post-it note around for act two where it's got the top of the charts, right? Like where the character is so happy and I'm about to just be so mean. I'm sorry. I'm trying not to swear, but I'm a potty mouth at heart. So I'm like, I'm just about to like take the rug out from under them and bring them down to the lowest low. But it's like, I know that that's coming. And sometimes that allows me to prepare as a writer. And sometimes it allows me to stockpile emotions, right? Like when clues up at, at the head. And so I can leave myself the gems of discovery uh, by knowing what's coming. And for me, I learned really early on to kind of lean into my personality. So like you said, you've got more than one spreadsheet. Like I have zero. I try to have zero spreadsheet life. And my husband <laughs> that's a, that's a noble goal. like, 
<laughs> it is. It is a noble goal. Spreadsheets are beautiful, but they're the bane of existence. They are. But my husband and I joke around, like he makes macaroni and cheese and he like does the directions on the box. And and that like I'm like, you just you know, you just mix it. And like I go to the grocery store and I get I go I go in like a half an hour and I get like mostly everything we need. And he goes in like three hours and gets everything we need. So I think it's that I took that um plan and put it in my writing. So I make sure that I surround myself with a team of people that do exactly what you're talking about, that kind of checks and balances. But for that first draft, it is incredible. I don't know if you agree, Roland, but it's very out of body for me. A lot of times when I'm writing where it just, it's a very free flowing, shocking, sometimes an unstructured process where, um, I, I just get it all on. It's so liberating to have a first draft. And when authors or people who want to write aspiring writers come to me, they say, where do I start? What do I do? And I always say first draft, just get it all on the paper, imperfections, let it go. Don't think about the plot and don't think about some of those things. And I really try to drive people that way. But I also think it's has to lend itself to that innate part of your personality. This is also who I am when I'm not writing. And so I've got that um, long runway of just, I'm really comfortable with imperfection. I'm okay if I forget the butter at the grocery store, like we'll get it next time. And what I make sure of is that my team has some rigor built in there around us to say, we got to rein Danielle in and we got to, this part, this pacing needs to change. And I'm okay on draft two and draft three doing that. But I am staring at a blinking cursor uh, on a blank page if I am trying to write to anything like plot or like, oh, and I, I need to accomplish that in this chapter. Like it really has to be out of body for me. Um, but I do recommend to people who are doing this process, find five people who have a skill set different than you and bring them in and see if they've got time to read this for you and see if they can rein you in. But I've just met so many authors who can never part with their first draft or never finish it or never stop changing it or never stop perfecting it um, to be able to move on to those next steps. So I try to liberate people and just really reinforce what a first draft should be. So Neil Gaiman said the first draft is you telling yourself the story. Right. I uh, First of all, I have to say that I, your husband sounds like a very smart man. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I, mean, I make craft dinner with, with the box. Oh and, uh, you know, but I mean, at this point, I already know how it works. So I've done it too many times. Uh, you know, and I, I don't hit the grocery store without a list. Seems pointless to me because, first of all, I'm going to buy a lot of junk if I do that. But, uh, <laughs> but no, I, I think that, you know, there's there's a lot of... The idea that, um, you know, your plot sometimes depends on your story, depends on your genre, um, but sometimes there are twists and there's turns and there's things that you need to set up ahead of time. And, you know, the idea that you, um, that you, it's a first draft for sure. And that, that's for, I think, plotting and pantsing, you know, you're not, you shouldn't be stuck to, you know, your first draft and it can't change. But uh, I've, feel like as a plotter, I probably have to change my first draft less than I would <laughs> if I was a pantser. And I can see Bethany agrees with me on that one. <laughs> I I firmly agree with you on that one. I, w- my, my major time savings is in when I plot, 
I do save time in writing the first draft, but what it really saves time on is subsequent drafts because I don't have to, I mean, I think my first book, I, I was like nine and a half drafts. I don't have time for that. That's, that's not happening. I can't go there. So like, I want it down to like three, right? Like, so by plotting, I am, I'm sucking out some of that, that trial and error. And yeah, I know I, my writing group will tell you that sometimes that sucks out the joy a little bit too. Um, I, and like I said, I know that that joy of discovery, but like, I would rather have the joy of a completed draft. And to Danielle's point, like her brain, if she's starting with the twist, that's, that's great because in some ways you're starting with the plot. Mine starts with the character. I can consistently give you an opening, uh, you know, image or, or setup or conversation that is fantastic. What happens next? We don't know. Um, so, right? Like, so I don't start with the twist. I'm not, in some ways, I think that Danielle is starting with the plot. I think she's secretly a blotter. Um, Do but, not accuse me of that. No. But for me, if I, if I just, if you just let me go, I'll give you like 12 openings and, and nothing that happens next. So, yeah. Really? So you, it doesn't, after you see, once I have that opening, I'm like voracious. I'm like, and then they did this and then they did this and then they did this. But for like an example of how my mind gets a story started based on the twist, I will be interested in something like there are huge changes in public databases of DNA that people have access to and like familial DNA. I'm intrigued by that in my personal life. We uh, did really in-depth ancestral stuff. And and I kept getting messages from people who were just like secretly related to different people in my family. I said, okay, there's something here. And that's all I start with. And I, I said, I want to have, you know, an adoptee who seeks out a biological family. And then what might that look like? And then I had a twist associated with that that I knew I wanted. And that was it. And then I do some conversational stuff where if I know some people will have a conversation with me who might be able to lend something to the story, I'll go have coffee with them. And so I'm just pulling that stuff out. But genuinely, when I get to the end of a chapter that I might have thought about when folding laundry or cooking dinner earlier that day, I'll write it down. Um, I mean, I've got nothing, nothing, no idea what's going to come next. And then the next time I go to cook or do laundry, I'm like, Ooh, maybe this, maybe that, but but really, I'm trying to get to either that twist or that black moment where you're just undercutting somebody. Um, but I don't, I don't always know how I'll get there. But I'll say, I mean, at this point, this many books in, I'm, I'm like three drafts still too. So I wouldn't say that drafts change once you get your your skill down. What I would challenge is, are there, is there the joy that that you get from it? Because I get so excited, and then also, do you feel like it has an impact on your creativity at times where you're just do you feel not boxed in? Cause it sounds like you'll change your plot as needed. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I will change my plot as needed. Um, because sometimes you write up to the edge of your map and then you're like, Oh, it's time to sail off the edge. Like yeah. you're like, nah, it's, we're just gonna go sailing right out there. Um, no, it, it is, it is very much. So yes, I think that all writers, all creative people take the things they find and then they monster mash them up into something awesome. Um, you're like, what if, you know, what if is the start of everything, right? Like that's the best part. But, but for me, like you can go, I, I can go jogging in the woods um, and trust that eventually I'll get out, but it would be nice to have a map. So for me, it's like, okay, if I'm stuck at this point, 
what's what am I supposed to look at? I don't say that I, I wouldn't say that I'm, sorry, I'm looking at my giant wall of, of plot. Um, but I wouldn't say that I necessarily know every single item that's going to go. I know by the time I start writing, I'll know what the general end is. I'll know what the high point, the low point and my villain is. Um, and I'll know probably through uh, this will mean nothing to you, but I'll know through the second act. <laughs> um, <laughs> right? So I'll know up to like three fourths, the half three fourths of like, I'll know pretty good details throughout. And then I'll, 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 by the time I write up to that point, I'll either have more because I've been daydreaming or I will, I will just go for it um, because I trust the characters to get me there. I think, you know, it's, I don't know whether it's indicative of all plotters, but I think, you know, for me, if I would plan out the novel and typically that would be every chapter, um, you know, the, the main sure. points. Well, no, no, I would just, no, just the main point. Like, I wouldn't like, I, I'm not saying I would yep. like detail it. Out. I'd be like, you know, chapter one, uh, we introduce the guy. Chapter two, we introduce the girl. Chapter three, they meet, whatever, you know. Um, and there might be a bit more detail in there. And especially if there are plot points that I've thought of that, that need to, to get hit. But that doesn't mean that uh, there's, you know, I'm not open to things changing as they go. If the character takes on a life of its own and I, I want to feel that joy and uh, let it let it flow, right? And then, but what that does mean as a plotter, for me at least, would be, okay, so all of a sudden in chapter five, this was supposed to happen, but instead this happens. Well, now I'll just go back to my my plotting and change all the chapters to match. Oh my God, that's <laughs> right. homework. That feels like, well, ugh. yeah, yeah. Ugh. You have to go but then I'm lost, right? If I don't do right. But if, but if I don't do that, then I'm lost. No, right? Craig, you just sense. said it. You just said it. If, if I, if I don't have the map, I'm lost, right? Like if I don't know where I'm heading to go, like, like I will, like, then I am staring at a blank cursor because like I'm stuck. So I, I to me, it like it, it gives me the roadmap of where I want to go. If someone told me I need you to write a chapter where uh, this character meets this character and they're in the grocery store and then you know a tornado comes, I I would be like I don't I I don't know where to start. You just told me everything I have to put in that chapter, and it should make it easier to do that. But for some reason, that that blinking cursor. It's funny what inspires. Uh, writer's block seems incredibly different for us. And I, I'm just curious um, how much of this is personality in all facets of your life. And if somebody, and maybe I'm giving the wrong advice to people who are type A and come and I'm like, just, just, you're fine. Just write. And they're probably staring at that blank cursor um, or the blank screen. But, but yeah, I, I'm a big fan of leaning into your natural settings and who you are. I am also, um, and one of my writers group dislikes it extremely much when you put rules on her. Um, she even likes, dislikes it when she puts rules on herself, right? <laughs> like she's like, I'm going to write from nine at noon. And then she's mad about it. And you're like, but what, what, what was that? So I do think that she should lean into her free flow, like write in a notebook that that's, and to be, to be specific, I don't know. Have you guys ever seen a movie, His Girl Friday with Cary Grant and Rosalind Russell? Oh, it's a classic. Yes, it is. Uh, and that forms a great portion of my personality in terms of dialogue. They talk super fast and they say a bunch of nonsense, but also a bunch of, of things be between the nonsense. And one of the things they say there is production for use, right? So 
like what are you producing and what is it useful for? So, you know, like if you're if your goal is to write words and you're a writer, so it should be, then lean into what works for you, right? Like I'm not here to enforce plotting on you. I'm I'm here to to enforce the idea that to examine your natural inclination and make it more expedient for you. Whatever is the creative thing for you to do, go do it. Um and stop using the excuse that but I can't, right? Like, I but can't. here's my, my questioning for, for you, Bethany. My question for you, Bethany, is what's your environment for writing? Because mine is chaotic. Like, I don't sit in the same chair. Mm-hmm. I don't wear, I don't, I don't write at the same times. It could be midnight. It could be two in the afternoon. It's in the carpool line. It's at the coffee shop. It's, you know, upside down on the couch and my husband's always like, what, why don't you like, don't you have like a desk and like a beautiful, you, I'm like, no, I need to be upside down on the couch for this chapter. That's don't you get 100%. this? No, I actually, no. Um, I have a desk. I, I work like I'm a graphic designer. So I work in my home office and I got, unless I am sneaking words in while I'm supposed to be doing <laughs> billable hours, um, then I don't write at my desk to be perfectly honest, that it would be the seventh ring of hell. I take my laptop and I work wherever feels good. Um, it is, that is terrible for my posture and my neck and my masseuse hates me, but, but outdoors at the coffee shop in bed on the couch, upside down, I don't care. Um, on the floor, uh, whatever works. Although if I write on the floor, my dog totally attacks me. But the point is that like, no, I, I write wherever I is the most comfortable and, and that, um, does lead me to some problems, but I don't think that you have to write on a schedule. I, I aim for like when I'm really cranking, I'll aim for a word count for the week. Um, but then I also have a bank. So if I write over, then I put it in the bank and then I can withdraw it if I want to take no, the you don't. Do you really? Yes, I do. Oh yes. my gosh. I, I used to do it on index cards, but now I have a spreadsheet. This blows my mind. <laughs> I don't, awesome. I, the book's just done when it's done for me. I'm like, it's, it's, it's 70,000, it's 90,000, whenever the story's 100%, done. 100%, the book is done when it's done. And I've had books that are like done, at, you know, magic, whatever has arrived. But but having a, a set amount that I'm targeting yeah. allows me to, to, to give myself the relief of knowing when I think I will be done. Right. Like, like I, I don't feel constantly stressed that I should be working on my book, but it's not because I can tell you that it's going to take probably another three weeks to finish a draft. And that's OK, because uh, that is the time that I have budgeted. Like if I don't have a number, then I feel stressed that I'm constantly not doing enough. That would stress me out. So much. <laughs> I, I well, just this is what I do. So like some days I write seven words and then the next day I write. 17,000 words like it just I and I know but it's just so funny to me that you like the structure that you have around like giving you like okay I've gone over and so that spills over into my next writing session so really I only need this many I get I don't know I'm I'm it makes me sweat a little just thinking about (laughs) that just to be like yes to keep track of like uh, I don't know yeah and I am, like I said, my, my, my writer's group is a lovely balance of, of wonderful people that um, don't feel that way. And they're like, that's nice for you. Yes. But do, you gonna... do they glimpse your spreadsheet and just be like, oh, God. Um, I, oh no. I keep my spreadsheets tucked out of sight. Like we don't, <laughs> we don't share that. 
because <laughs> I don't want to stress like... them out, right? Like, like in some ways, I feel like their muse is a um a bird that they lure into them, right? Like they they're like, now come here, and I will write, and it'll be precious. But um, I think probably has my my basis in graphic design, where I'm like, I don't mind editing, like I like it, it comes with the project. There is that. There's always editing. Um, just accept that and move on with life. Um, so I feel like type A personalities are more plotters and type B are more pantsers. I, I think that most of the time that's probably true. And as much probably as some hybrid that we're supposed yep. to be at, but I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. I Listen, I mean, I don't know. Is there a type C where you're kind of a bit of both? <laughs> I think that yeah. most of the, most of the people like probably, myself who would be characterized as more of a type a person would like to think of ourselves as more of a type b than than other people view us and maybe even than we really are but but we'd like to think of ourselves as more of that but but i feel like more stressed out thinking about your way of writing danielle than uh than bethany's because to me it would be like oh my god i don't even know like things would happen i'd be changing things constantly i'd be the rewrite process would be uh, like oh i didn't set this up and i never mentioned this because i just thought of it and now i gotta go and write it again i'm gonna have and then i you know what i do i would be taking notes i'd be i'd be doing it at the time right i wouldn't i I wouldn't even look at it I don't well, even see, look at it again. <laughs> I write it and then I don't look at it again. And then I write the whole thing and, I, and I'll go, okay, I'm changing this person's motivation, maybe in like chapter 25. And just, and I just go, all right, when I do my next read through, I'll just make sure I go back and fix that. Well, you have a much better memory, I think, than I do, because I, I would never remember to do that. And I <laughs> will caution notes. people. I caution people where I've got, you know, after years of doing this, I mean, I've got beta readers and I've got people that are used to me like like a thing that you would say to danielle is don't don't touch any of the buttons like don't like this is what like my accountant will be like don't just don't touch anything and do your creative thing and so my team around me now understands that this is going to be my style and where they're not going to have to talk to me and go like you know, I really wanted this character to kind of do this. They're not giving me a lot of feedback on the creative side of it, but they'll be like, her head, her hair has been four colors. Like which color, literally, like which color do you want her hair to be? And I'll be like, brown. I'm like, And they'll say, okay, got it. And then as they go through. So I do caution people who are just starting in the process. If you're going to use this style, it's not write the book and, pr- and press publish. Like you, you can't. It, you have to have people around you who are, who are type A's. And and I will say now that I think of it, the majority of my team are type A's, right? Like, so my admin who tells me not to touch anything and not to mess with those. That's why I think even my husband who's making the macaroni and cheese, you gotta, you gotta balance each other out. And so um, I just know that I'm paralyzed by all of the ideas that you've suggested and that you use and that I would never do it. And I think it's terrible. And I, I don't know how you do it. And so, but that's my caution is that if you do, if this is your natural personality, but genuinely like taking notes, I'm just, I kind of just make a mental note or sometimes I'll make a, like a small note in my document. That's like, you know what, this is the killer now. That's it. And then I write the rest of the book with that person as the killer. And then I just go back to the beginning and like, Oh, killer. You're the one killer of, now. One of the beautiful things that I have learned from um, a person in my writer's group is the use of the carrots, you know, like the 
So yep. she'll, she's like, oh, there's a specific thing that I have changed that needs to be changed, but I don't have time to do that right now because it would kill the flow. So she just goes back and puts it in capital locks inside the carrots. And she just puts where the note is and that she's going to go back and change it so that later she can do a find a search, right? And just yeah. find the carrots. And then it immediately takes her there because otherwise if I put the note in, I could lose it. Like, you know. But I feel like you guys are just like, if you changed something, like you, the flow does stop is what I'm hearing. And then it's just like, I got to go change that. I must go. <laughs> oh, the carrot would go in that. right away for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're like, must I would change be, I'd now. stop in the middle of the sentence and I'd be like, okay, let me go find where I need to change. If well, I, no, <laughs> no, I don't. I <laughs> I don't do that. No. So I really loved Brittany's carrot technique because no, I want to stay with my moment. Um, but I, but I lose it. If I, if I left it, if I tried to put it like, if I didn't, if I just was like, Oh, I'll remember that. No, no, dude, that's not happening. I well, will not remember. Well, at all. That's, that's what I mean. Like I need to stop right away. Cause I will forget. I will absolutely forget. And it, while it's in my head, I've got to go back and be like, okay, uh, what do I, where do I need to change? <laughs> But, but yeah, that, but for cool. for me, that was the beauty of the carrot because I could store it. Like I was, it's, it's like putting it in a Ziploc bag. I'm like, aha, I have stored it, and I will go back to that at a later point in time. For a lot of these, there there, there are ways of of storing the information so that I so that I can come back to them later. Like it's trapping it so that I can pick up in a month if I take some time off or something, and I can come back to this without. Yeah. It depends on the tools that you're using for sure. Like, I mean, if I was, I haven't written a book in a while. If I was to do it now, I would probably use OneNote because I'm now this whole OneNote aficionado after doing that podcast about it. And and I am obsessed. And it's such a type A organizational tool that is like amazing. But I would probably do all my plotting in OneNote. And then if I change something, maybe I would just like open a new OneNote page and like be like the changes that need to happen, just quickly type them in there and go back. That might be easier than, than, then I could just like later go through that. And so, you know, technology changes and allows us to, to sort of change the way we go. But I know that that's probably not something that Danielle would do. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) I use Word. Yeah. And then I just write 80,000 words and then I go back to word one and then I read it back and I'm like, Oh, that's right. Let's go with Brown here. Okay. Brown here or Oh, this or that. So I, I almost, I won't say almost, I never go back. Uh, it is always forward motion in my writing. So um, now there's you, multiple drafts. Do you quick question though? Do you reread it while you're writing it or do nope. you like wait till you get to the end? Do you just like write straight through and then write you never straight through, reread? Never read it again. Um, if I stepped away for more than, which I rarely do, but if I was away for more than two weeks, I might give myself a quick refresher. But my actual process, because if I don't have forward motion in every aspect of my life, forward motion, um, then I'm just crumbling. So it's just a perpetual motion machine. And then, and then I, I feel like I've got perspective when I get back to the first word that I've, that I know what the end is. And then I can kind of just flesh out all the things that I've either changed or whatever, but, but, but I'm putting out five or six books a year, um, with, with that process. And I feel like the only reason that works is because I will not be bogged down by little changes and then I look at it fresh on on page one and go all the way through again and that'll be before I send it to my beta readers or anyone on my team so I'll do a full 
forward motion writing of 80, 90,000 words, then back to the first word and, and flesh out a little bit of stuff. And then they catch what I didn't. It's funny. Um, I think Craig is very type A. So I don't, I, I adopted the pantser role in this argument uh, because compared to Craig, I'm probably a pantser, but I'm actually, <laughs> I do, I'm obsessive about like story structure and plot and stuff. And for me, I think of it almost like a cake pan, but like, you know, um, Bethany, you said something earlier that, that I think was really important is that readers tend to have expectations. And I almost think that writing a good romance novel is almost like long form poetry. And it's almost like music. If you know, if you're expecting the next note to be a B, uh, a B sharp and it's a B flat, then you're like, well, that sounds a bit weird. So I was like, it's a, it's a cake pan and you pour your, your bit of story that you think about into the different things. Like I try and always have my hero and heron meet at the climax of the first chapter. And then they've got to have their soft breakup and then their hard breakup. And you've got to have these elements. And I guess I'm a pants steering that I tend to write, but I have a vague roadmap of where I'm going, which I think kind of helps and um, I think mine's just, um, I don't want to say habit now, but like that is, I think my mind is doing that anyway, because the genre rules are there. So yeah. 50, 60 books in, I feel like it's kind of naturally going there. But the first few books or or if I shift genres, like I'm doing psychological thriller right now, and it's very dark and very um, totally different. And I do find myself, well, that's not true. I actually just wrote the whole thing. And then I was going to say, like, I was going to say, oh, I, but I didn't, I, I read a ton more psychological thrillers so that I was understanding the genre rules, but certainly um, the feedback that I've gotten is trying to tailor me more into that genre, any, any missed opportunities, but I wouldn't have, if, if I'd have um, kind of written out the genre rules and the pacing, I just don't think I'd have ended up with, story i don't think i'd have been able to write it so so for me it is a little bit of a time suck on the back end where now i'm gonna have to go change some things but that still feels incredibly um fast to me if i'm putting you know eighty thousand words down in in eight weeks um then if i need two weeks on the back end to kind of get reined in or, or fix up but but i do agree with you there are genre rules and there's expectations from the reader i think mine is just intuitive now at this point and then if not i'm making sure that i'm surrounding myself with people who aggressively read that genre and who are going i wanted this to happen here and i wish that happened there so it is more cleanup on the back end sometimes especially if you're trying out something different but you do know that, we've, been, we've been hearing stories ever since we were small children and stories do have that familiar like circular structure. So I can totally understand that when you write, you just intrinsically write in a circular story because that's something you've been trained to understand as a story. Yeah, I think it's in there. And and um, I don't know, I, I, I cannot fathom doing it in any different way. Literally so, sweating thinking about it. So as an example, I... I wrote an, into an anthology series with, with some of my uh, writers group it's sci-fi, which I don't usually do, um, but they're all based on fairy tales, which as a result, you end up reading fairy tales. And I have to tell you that is some cracked, messed up crap, um, because like you read them and you're like, they, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. He did what? And then they're obsessed with cannibalism. And you're like, was that a problem in the 14, 1500s? Like, what? Are like, like, yeah, you look at them with fresh eyes as an adult. Sure. This is what we used to fall asleep to. Yes, right. Like, so you read them and you're like, oh, oh, yeah. God. But if you do yeah. read them, you're like, 
you're hitting all of the emotional beats. The actual plot makes no sense. Like it is like, you're like, that does not, you're like, you have three different queens for no apparent reason. And like, what happened to that guy? Like, like logically it makes very little sense. But if you view it as like, this is a story for like around the fire and you were telling it in multiple nights, you're like, this starts to like make more sense uh, for how it ended up that way, if not actual logical sense, but the emotions are always dead on, right? Like they're hitting the high, they're hitting the low, you're sorry for the main character. Emotionally, it makes sense, but uh, like if you, if you like breaking down the plot elements, you're like, I, like how I does that work? I could write that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but so three queens, yeah. I could do all that. <laughs> we we internalize the story. We've been internalizing. We're story machines as human beings, and so we internalize how it goes. Um, and my goal as a plotter is to bring that internal to the external so that I'm consciously doing it on purpose. It sounds like you've, you've internalized it as well, but I don't know if a beginning writer can start where you're at I think it just depends I think the paralysis would be real for somebody who is a type b who really leans into just the creativity side of it I've just had way too many people come across um my desk essentially and say I don't know why I can't get I can't break through this right like I have a story I want to tell it what what am I doing wrong and a lot of it is just well, you're revising your first six chapters 375 times rather than writing chapter seven. And so I try to liberate, even when I'll like, I'll zoom with um, classes, like, like fourth, fifth grade doing writing stuff. And I just talk about you, you aren't, I was terrible at math and I spent the first 25 years of my life just feeling terrible that I was terrible at math rather than saying, but wait, I've got this skill set that I do, you know, embracing what really worked for me. And so you've got to do the math. I mean, I don't want the math teacher to hear me say that, but you have to do the math and you have to learn it and you have to, you know, make sure you're doing everything that's expected of you in school, but you don't have to beat yourself up about, because trust me, I lose sleep sometimes going, should I be plot? Like, where's my spreadsheets? for my entire life. Where are they? And shouldn't I have them? And no. and it's just in the last five years or so where I've been like, you know what, it works really well without that. Um, but but as a new, I, I think the, the writer who's stuck on their first six chapters and can't get to chapter seven, I urge them to just kind of, there's less rules than you think there are. And as long as you have a safety net under you and you're not just going to hit publish at the end of this. Um, you can usually, you can't do anything until it's written. You know, that, yes. that is brilliant. We're now unfortunately running up to the top of the hour. So I was going to say that's almost seems like, even though Bethany, you look like you were about to spout some wisdom, that that's almost like a perfect time to, to wrap things up. So Craig, who do you think won this debate? <laughs> no, I, you know what? There, there really isn't a winner because I think, if anything, this is, and I said it at the beginning, but I think I feel it even more now. It's, it's, it's such a personal choice, um, and I hadn't even considered the idea of, you know, Panzer being more of a, of a, of a personality type B match, and and plotting be more, more of a personality type A match. But it, it does sort of make a lot of sense, um, and I think if, if a uh, like, you know, like Danielle was saying, like sometimes hearing the other side of it is making you sweat. So if you're, if you're listening to this and one side is like, you're like, oh my God, that may, that's crazy. Then that's not the side for you. 
right? You want to, if one side resonated with you and you're like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's the side you should try. I mean, it doesn't mean that you're, you're going to be fixed to that for the rest of your life, but uh, you know, if you're looking for some direction and, and, and a place to get going, that's where you would start. I mean, I think a lot of us uh, that are firmly in one camp um, or another in any part of our lives, uh, not just with the writing, but would probably sometimes think, uh, as Daniel mentioned, like, should I be more like the other type? Like, I would like to be more laid back. I would like to be more patient and this and that. And I and I I am in certain aspects, but with with work and with writing, with business, like I'm way more type A. Uh, personal life, I think I'm I'm more laid back. But you know, so so I think it, it just it really depends on the person. So I don't think we can really pick a winner. Um, uh, and it's just really anybody watching this is probably going to have a pretty visceral reaction to one or the other, and that'll be what resonates for them. And that's, that's the way they should go, in my opinion. Well, thank you so much, Bethany and Daniel, for joining us. I think it's been such a fascinating conversation. We might have to, to bring you back for a rematch. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for having me. Um, before we go, Bethany, where can it. people find your books? bethanymains.com um, and then all usual publishing places amazon barnes and noble kobo all the lovely that's books. great well we'll make sure to drop a link down below in the description down below and danielle where can people find you author danielle and same thing i'm on all the major um platforms that, that is well thank you so much boys for both for joining us i think that was it's really, really kind of get into this because it's one of the fundamental discussions that all writers have and I think we, we really got in there quite nicely. Um, before uh, we wrap things up, I just want to say, if anyone is watching this and has their own opinion and wants to, to let Bethany and uh, Danielle know about it, make sure to leave a comment down below. If you haven't already, whether you're listening to us on a podcast or whether you're watching us on YouTube, make sure to hit that subscribe button. And we'll be back next week with another episode of Fully Booked. So thank you so much for joining us. Goodbye. Goodbye.